Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, Dan Lebetard isn't correct. What an AJ extension may look like, and the Braves aren't just good, they're young. It's all next, Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. Hitting Hard is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. We ask you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to all of your favorite podcasts. You can get the latest episodes of Hitting Hard as soon as they become available. Then give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. So as, you know, Lamar Jackson tweeted out yesterday that, you know, he asked on March 2nd to be traded and all that. And some people still just can't understand the idea of why the Atlanta Falcons are not interested in uh, Lamar Jackson. So Dan Lebitard, um, I guess, was on his radio show or his ham radio show or podcast or whatever he does nowadays and things like that. So I guess he's confused because he doesn't understand why there's no interest in trading for Lamar Jackson. And he said he understood people's perception of the Falcons immediate, or he said he he could not understand people's perception of the Falcons immediate dismissal of a Jackson trade as both collusion and racism. Okay. Well, instantly when you start saying those kinds of words, I, I I'm out. I mean, I'm, I'm, tuning out at this point, but he said, quote, they went after Deshaun Watson and ticked off their best player in franchise history and former MVP, Matt Ryan. You don't want to tick off Desmond Ritter. Now, look, here's the thing. And, and he says, if I put Lamar Jackson in that division, the team immediately becomes the favorite. Okay. Here's the thing. And We've broken this down six ways to Sunday on this thing, okay? The Deshaun Watson thing didn't happen. The the, the Falcons were willing to give up the compensation. They weren't willing to give up $235 million of guaranteed money. I don't know what their their offer was, but they weren't willing to give up almost a quarter billion dollars in all guaranteed money to a quarterback. And, And when you look back now with the way that, Deshaun Watson just restructured his contract and all that kind of stuff. The Browns are going to be on the hook for, uh, what, three years of $60 million in cap hit unless they go in and extend them even longer. So that contract wasn't a good contract. And and they paid him a million dollars in the first year because of the suspension and all that kind of stuff. But looking back, that wasn't a good contract. It wasn't good for the Browns who thought they were a quarterback away. So the reason they went after Deshaun Watson is because the Falcons wanted to get a big-time quarterback knowing that Matt Ryan was on the last legs. And, yes, they ticked him off, and he sought out a trade and all this good kind of stuff. That plan kind of blew up in their face. So you don't make the same mistake twice. And a Lamar Jackson contract, unless you're telling me that he's willing to not take all guaranteed money because that's what the Ravens have offered him. And then the fact is, 
he doesn't have a contract right now. If you, you, you can't trade the franchise tag that's for the Ravens. So again, you can give up the compensation of the two first round picks and then go in there and, and make him an offer and the Ravens can still match it. And now you're, I mean, this is not about the player Lamar Jackson. If it was simply that easy to just have a player on your roster or you're trading for a player under a current contract, then that's one thing. But you have a guy in Lamar that doesn't have a contract and he wants all guaranteed money and he wants it at the level of Deshaun Watson. And when you start to combine the one, two, three, four, five different things that are all going on in this situation, it doesn't make sense for the Falcons right now. It doesn't make sense for the Falcons to go back into cap purgatory. They're not a quarterback away. You got to give up your draft capital so your young and cheap guys, you won't have those guys. Well, second round picks and third. Okay. I mean, your talent comes from your first round. Yes, there is a lot of guys that fill out rosters, and there are really good players in, in second round. But again, 70% of the active sack leaders in the NFL are all first-round picks. A lot of your top-flight quarterbacks, most of your top-flight quarterbacks are first-round picks. Mahomes and Allen and Lamar, and guys, they're all first-round picks. When you give up that kind of draft capital... You're going to miss out, and now you're going to, not going to have young, cheap, talented labor. So, again, I, I don't understand what is so confusing about this. This is not Monopoly money. This is not fantasy football, and that's where these guys live, is that they live in this fantasy football world where they can get on yahoo.com and play in their fantasy league, and we make a trade for a guy, and it doesn't cost me anything in real money. It just cost me a couple of clicks on my mouse and my mice and cat and remote and all this kind of stuff. And that's all I got to do. So until we get out of the fantasy football world, then deals like this, it doesn't make sense for the Falcons. Yes, I, the player, I'd love to have the player. If it was just in a bubble of I can have the player. This is not about ticking off Desmond Ritter or anything like that. Yes. Is Desmond is, is Lamar Jackson an upgrade over Desmond Ritter? Yes. But it's not just the football aspect of all of this. And I don't understand what these nudnik talking heads don't understand about this. He doesn't have a contract. And uh, no matter what you do. Okay. No matter what you offer in trade compensation, contract and all that kind of stuff. The veto power is with the Ravens. The Ravens can say, all right, we're going to match all of that. Then now you're stuck. Now, what do you do? It's not a matter of ticking off Desmond Ritter, but uh, again, if, if you're going to make this kind of move, you got to be able to know that you're going to pull the thing off. And why are we not seeing all guaranteed one contract that was guaranteed does not the NFL make? It throws off the entire model. 
Just because you had a nitwit owner, and he's an absolute nitwit. Trust me, I know Jimmy Haslam. The guy was under FBI investigation for basically bankrupting Pilot and defrauding his customers. And Jimmy and D Haslam, those two people are nitwits. And they thought they were a quarterback away from winning the Super Bowl. They thought they had the roster. Again, how many Miles Garretts and Nick Chubbs do we have on our roster? We don't have guys like that running around. So again, in a bubble, this is fine and dandy. The player is a better player than what we have now. But you have to give up the compensation, go back into cap purgatory, give all guarantee. He's not settling. If he if he was going to settle, then he would have taken a deal from the Ravens. Either I'm telling you, either he's going back to the Ravens or he's going to sit out a year, because that's his leverage. That that's his real leverage is I'm going to sit out a year, and then the Ravens are stuck. Even heard John Harbaugh say, even after all of this stuff went down. John Harbaugh was 1,000% committed to the idea of Lamar Jackson. Oh, yeah, he's going to be our quarterback. Oh, yeah, we're looking to get back on that train, and, and we're going to roll it down the down the tracks and everything like that. Even just literally dismissing the idea of that, hey, he asked for a trade. Oh, yeah, he's going to be back. The, the coach didn't have to say it that way, right? The head coach, the gentleman, they don't have to say it all that way. They could say, well, we're exploring all of our options and all this stuff. No, John John Harbaugh was like, oh, no, we're, we're getting him back. They've been committed to getting him back. So, again, Dan Lebetard, this is not in a vacuum. This is not player A is better than player B. There are 15 other things that have to go along with this to make all of this happen. And then even with all of that, the Ravens can still say, we're going to sign them to this deal. And then you're stuck. Then you're stuck with all of it. All right, let's talk about our friends over at FanDuel as we creep on closer to March, uh, the final four, I should say, in March Madness. Listen, FanDuel's America's number one sports book, and new customers to FanDuel have a chance to claim their no-sweat first bet where you can get as much as $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, Super easy to use. You can bet on everything from money lines to props to who's going to win the entire tournament. Plus, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So head to FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N and claim your no sweat first bet where you can get as much as $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win, that's fanduel.com slash locked on L O C K E D O N to learn more. Make every moment more with Fanduel, the official sportsbook betting partner of the NBA. So, May 1st is the date where the Atlanta Falcons have to decide on picking up AJ Terrell's fifth year option, right? Now, look, this is going to happen. Right. I mean, this is this is a no brainer, easiest thing. This was like Lindstrom. OK, the, the easiest thing that the Falcons could do. OK, the fifth year option amount for A.J. Terrell is going to be twelve point three four four million dollars. OK, so that's a pretty good amount of money. But again, you know, 
there's no doubt that they're going to pick this up and and he certainly is worth all of that. Now, AJ's got three years in the league, right? He had an outstanding 2021 season. He was an 85.6 coverage grade that I believe was second to Jalen Ramsey. He was an 82.6 overall grade on pro football focus, but he did slip down. His coverage grade was only a 57 last year. He was a 60.8. And obviously the Falcons pass defense had all kinds of issues. I don't blame all of that on AJ Terrell. And there was obviously injuries for him and all sorts of different things. In a lot of ways, it was a lost season for AJ Terrell, but he's shown you even when he was a rookie that he's a really good cornerback. And he's one of those guys that you need to build around. So what does an AJ extension look like? Because I definitely think after next year that the Falcons, just like they did with Chris Lindstrom. Okay. Same kind of mindset while the Falcons have money. Okay. And, and these are the decisions that, not signing a Lamar Jackson force you into making and things like that, where you have to, you know, kind of navigate all the money around. And yes, you can always find money, but you can't find money when you have a fully guaranteed contract. It's not easy to find money unless you're going to take some of the biggest hits in the history of the league. That's what the Browns are in They're They're looking at $60 million for Deshaun Watson, 60 million on the cap cap hit. That's what they're looking at. Go look at the numbers. So, again, where is an A.J. Terrell going to fit amongst some of the cornerbacks? Now, Jair Alexander was a guy that signed back up with the um, with the uh, Green Bay Packers. He's a 25-year-old corner, right? He signed a deal that was four years and $84 million. All right, that's the latest contract that we've had. Now, is AJ, you know, Terrell a 20 plus million dollar corner? Probably by the time the market resets itself and and you know, you look at past contracts, future performance, he's probably near that kind of range. I mean, you know, a lot of these top corners nowadays are getting that $19, $20 million. Alexander's a $21 million a year player. Xavier Howard's an $18 million a year player. Denzel Ward is a $20 million a year player. Marshawn, uh, Marshawn Lattimore is a $19.5 million player. Marlon Humphrey is a $19.5 million player. Tredavious White's almost $18 million. And Jalen Ramsey's, you know, up on over $18 million corner. So again, when we talk about some of these contracts and things like that, it's why it's it's why teams don't want to get into guaranteed money because you can find a lot of money and and pay a lot of guys and you kick the can down the road and different manipulative things for the cap. But when you give all guaranteed money to a guy, it's tough to do that. But I think AJ Terrell is going to be a twenty million dollar corner when all is said and done. And I know Falcons fans are probably like, how can we pay him $20 million a year? Because he's at a premium position. He's a really good player. Yes, again, last year was kind of a lost year for A.J. Terrell. And look, it's obviously going to be mightily important for the success of this franchise moving forward to have the A.J. Terrells. But again, 
What's the alternative? You 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 don't pick up his option and you don't sign him long term, and then you're looking for another starting corner that plays at his level. And that's the thing that Arthur Smith, Terry Fontenot, that was the first thing that they talked about when the whole Matt Ryan situation went down and all this kind of stuff. And he was looking at trading, you know, with the working out the trade for the uh, the Indianapolis Colts and all that kind of stuff. And they had their press conference. The first thing that they talked about was we need to sign our own guys. We need to keep our own guys under contract. And they haven't been able to do that the last few years, right? Foyer and guys like that, they weren't able to pay those guys what, what market value is. So when you look at an A.J. Terrell, that's the kind of guys that you've got to keep and build around. And he's at a premier position. Is he the same as an offensive or defensive lineman? No, but he's right there into that next tier mix or whatever. If you can get a shutdown corner, and I know I know, people are going to say, well, A.J. Terrell's not a shutdown corner and all that. A.J. Terrell's a really good cornerback. And I want to see a full year of Casey Hayward. I would have loved to have seen Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Terrell, but anyway, Casey Hayward, A.J. Terrell, line up on the outside. They both stay healthy, and let me see what a year of that looks like. And obviously, I'm desperately counting on the idea that our pass rush is better. It can't be any worse than the last two years. When you have 39 sacks over a two-year period, it can't be all that much worse for everything, right? So I want to see these guys come together. Excuse me one second. Nope. thought I was going to sneeze there for a minute. So I want to see these two guys play a full season together and see what it can be. But AJ is going to be a $20 million kind of player. That's the going rate. That's the marketplace for these guys now. And it's just the reality of in those, for guys that are that level. I mean, look, there's no question. AJ Terrell would get himself a $20 million a year contract if he get himself on the open market. I mean, teams are overspending all the time. And all it takes is one team to, you know, again, with the Deshaun Watson contract, all it takes is one team to screw up the whole system or do something, you know, out of the box. Not that AJ Terrell is going to get, you know, 100 million guaranteed or something like that, but he's going to be a $20 million a year player. And Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot made this a point to say, we need to sign our own guys. I don't have a problem paying AJ Terrell $20 million. He's a young stud cornerback. He's part of our long-term plans. He's part of the future of this organization. Maybe they'll get something done. I don't think that they'll get it done with like a Caleb McGarry type, which team friendly deal, but it's going to cost you probably $20 million a year to have an AJ Terrell. All right, after you make hitting hard with uh, John Chuck, your first listen, make sure you make Lockdown Sports today your second listen, biggest stories of the day, instant reaction, big game recaps, and the take of the day available, Odyssey, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get all of your podcasts from. So Fox Sports put out their um, 26 and under rankings for major league clubs, and When you look, the Houston Astros were number one. The Baltimore Orioles were number three. But coming in at number two was the Atlanta Braves. And they talk about here in the article that 
with Ronald Acuna, Ozzy Albies, Austin Riley, Michael Harris, all of their positional players. And then you factor in Spencer Strider, Ian Anderson, obviously Schuster, and obviously Dodd, you know, now that they're in the rotation because Kyle Wright, and even Kyle Wright, although he's 26 years old, he's going to go on the IL. But when you look at this young core, it's not just that the Braves are really good, but it's the fact that they're so young. They have they they don't have a lot of players that are aging out, right? Like they don't have all of these kind of okay on the downslope of your career and they're starting to age out. You think about that 2020 draft class where what we talked about the fact that Schuster was the first round pick, Strider was in that class, Bryce Elder was in that class. When you start to get guys that have a lot of impact young in their career after only two or three years of minor league ball, that's Michael Harris, that's Strider. You know, again, we're going to see Schuster this year. That's where you are. And and when you can lock those guys up to, I'll say it, team-friendly deals like they did with Ronnie, like they did with Ozzy, like they did with Strider, Michael Harris and all. When you can lock those guys up for the long term that are so young and so productive for your team, that's such a that's such a benefit to staying ahead of everything. And the fact that this team is so good, but at the same time that they're young, you know, I don't know what we're, you know, again, we've had five straight division titles. I don't know if we're going to get the 14 division titles or whatever like that. I could care less about that kind of stuff. I want World Series. I want three or four World Series championships. I want multiple parades. I don't want one parade out of 20 years. I want multiple parades, three, four, five parades. And the Braves, like what the Astros are, I mean, it's no coincidence that the Astros, you know, are the number one team when you look at the Bregmans and different people like that. I mean, they're young and they're really good. And sometimes, you know, few years ago, you have to take steps backward and different things like that to finally get good. And when you can draft as well as the Braves, I mean, the two things that the Braves have done really, really well, number one is drafting players, but two is their player development. And I said this last week on the show, their player development is outstanding. The fact that you have guys that are in the 2020 draft class that are up at the big league club and making impact. I mean, Look, 2019-2020, you think about the fact that when the pandemic hit, that the minor league the minor league season was canceled. So the fact that these guys are, you know, from 19 and 20 coming up to make impacts on the big club, it speaks to how well their player development is in the minor league level. And obviously, it, you know, look, how good is the Gwinnett Stripers, right? How good is that rock? I mean, Vaughn Grissom's down there. Shoemaker is down there, right? Ian Anderson, Soroka. Think about the guys that are running around and toiling around at Cool Ray Field in Buford. Like, think about how many good players are in that AAA club that they're one injury or one moment away from being called up and being able to contribute to the big league club. So, this is why the Braves are in such good position. It's the idea of how young they are. They were able to lock up several of these guys. And that's the thing. Look, this is an old 
playbook. This is not new, by the way. Okay. You know, the Cleveland Indians did this year, well, decade, maybe more, I guess maybe 15 years ago. The 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 Cleveland, uh, no, 20 years ago, 25 years ago. The Indians did this back in the 90s with their players. They locked up Kenny Lofton and Albert Bell and Jim Tomey and Manny Ramirez to team-friendly, longer-term deals. Now, again, it's different in 30 years ago than it is today, but they did the same thing with their young core of players. And they were able to keep those guys around for several years that a lot of other franchises watch their guys when they got good and just walk right out the door. The Indians were able to keep some of those guys around. And that's, that's a page out of the, out of the Alex Anthopoulos playbook is you have these guys locked up for the long term. You've got Riley and Olsen and Ozzie and Ronnie and everybody locked up and Strider and all that good kind of stuff. And so unlike the Mets who are, overpaying for injured guys, old guys, and different things like that to try to win in the now, the Braves are going to be here for the long term. So they're not just good, they're really young. And when you look at the number of 26 and under players, not just on the big league club, but in their minor league system, you know, look, the farm system has definitely taken a hit over the last couple few years. And that's simply attrition, right? I mean, Harris is up and Strider is up and Elder's been up and, you know, Schuster's now up now, right? Vaughn Grissom has been, I mean, when you have all of these guys that keep coming up to the big league club, you know, your minor league system isn't going to be able to immediately replenish all of those guys. But the fact that they have gotten contributions from guys that are only, two and three years from their minor league system after being drafted speaks to their player development. And it's not coincidence that the Braves, the Braves are in the position that they are in. When you can keep a lot of these guys around and you're not paying out the $300 million contracts, you know, you're not paying out, you know, again, you're not paying Mike Trout and Otani and, you know, you don't have guys that are, you know, an Anthony Rendon and you don't have these Megalodon contracts that you have to pay out. You've got a lot of your young core that is on team-friendly deals. Yeah, they're getting paid. I mean, and they're guaranteed money. But some of those guys, if you would have put them on the open market in two or three years, they'd cash in. That's that's the thing that's going to be interesting about Max Freed. Because Max Freed's going to be a two $250 million player. Are the Braves going to be willing to put him, put that kind of money into Max Freed? Are they going to look and say, hey, you know what? We got Schuster. We got Soroka. We got Anderson. We got Strider. We've got Elder. We've got all these guys. We can afford to let, you know, afford to let Max Freed, you know, walk out of here because he's going to be 30 years old. And maybe we're not going to pay $200 million for a 30-year-old pitcher and kind of mess up everything that we've kind of done at this point and blow our contract structure out of the water. I don't know. I'd like to have Max Freed back, but maybe he doesn't make sense for the long-term plans. And when you look at the player development over these last few years, it's not a matter of you'd like to lose a Max Freed, but the reason that they can lose a Freddie Freeman and they can lose a Dansby Swanson is because their player development 
through their minor league system and their young guys are stepping up. Yeah, you can't replace a Freddie Freeman and a Dansby Swanson. I understand all of that. But you feel like that there isn't this drop off a cliff moment with the guys that they do have. So credit the Braves. Their 26 and under ranking is well-deserved being second in Major League Baseball. And they're going to be good and they're going to be young and they're going to be really, really top tier for a long, long time. I would thank you so much for making Hitting Hard with John Chuckery your first listen. Make sure you make Locked On Sports today your second listen. Biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on Odyssey, YouTube, wherever you get your podcast from. We ask you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube as we're trying to climb to 6,000 folks. We can get those wherever you listen to your podcast and get the latest episodes of Hitting Hard as soon as they become available. And then you can give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. Back with you tomorrow. This has been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta. 